you would joyously come up to me and say, and to Tom and say, I just want you guys to know that what I taught this week, I sold more tapes than you did. I sold more than you did. Hey everybody, it's me, Will Hart, back again with season two of the Iris Global Green Room. I know you guys have a lot of questions. You have a lot of concerns about the plants. I would like you to know that they died uh, over the break and they actually died before the break and they're in a dumpster somewhere. But we got these fancy new ones that can't die. We had these basically last time and they just died. We didn't water them or put light in them by them and the whole photosynthesis thing didn't work, but I shouldn't talk about this stuff because I have my friend, Dr. Randy Clark. And I say that you're truly a friend, a father in the faith, uh, a mentor, um, someone who the reason I'm here today is because of him and what he's poured into me and sown into me. Uh, great friend of my family, um, a champion of the faith, a king of the faith, the t father of the Toronto revival, uh, a lot of other accolades, <laughs> smarter than me, better looking than me, probably has a stronger heart than me right now. We are here today, <laughs> season two. <laughs> are you ready for this, Randy? I don't know if hey, you're ready for this. Will, I'm just sitting here amazed and I'm glad you're interviewing me now that you're 38 or 9. 37, Randy. 37, rather than when you were 17 or 18 or 19, because <laughs> your respect for me at that stage was quite different from what it is what it is now, you were it's telling me true. how to do it better and, oh, God. and uh, you know, who you really respected and, you know, you didn't want to be like me. And I remember all those things. It's just so good to let time <laughs> be on my side. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm just going to give people, for those of you who don't know who Randy is, Dr. Randy. I'm going to start in the beginning with Dr. Randy, but if I can shift to the more formal. Yeah. Informal. You mean informal. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for correcting me. That's all right. my podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, the more uh, uh, informal uh, Randy, or you might even get a Papa in there every once in a while. That's uh, fine, For those Will. of you who don't know who Randy is, uh, he is probably best known uh, as the father of the Toronto Revival and uh, international speaker. I, uh, uh, yeah, uh, prophet. He doesn't like that, but prophet, uh, teacher, evangelist, and uh, and and someone that fights for the faith. And uh, it is such an honor to have you here in our little studio here. Uh, but thank you. Thank it's, you for coming. It's my joy to be with you, yeah. to see what God's doing with you, Yeah, the miraculous way he's using you. <laughs> uh, when I saw you yesterday or the day before, you reached up and you grabbed my chinny-chin-chin. Chin. It was interesting, but it was really wonderful. Do you like this? No? Well, I, I have to look at you twice mm -hmm. to know who you are. I'm not used to seeing you with a beard. You've seen me in a lot of different phases of I my have. life. You've seen me in like the real skinny yeah. 17, 18, 19 yeah. year old. And you see me in like the, hey, morbidly obese. You're about to get diabetes mode and everything in between. You've seen me unmarried, married, missions, non-missions. Yeah. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. Long time. So yeah. can I give people a little bit of a background about sure. how I met? And then and sure. then I just want to go from there. Yeah. So um, I got saved in 1999. Uh, Captain Bob Bradbury. We could maybe chat about for a second. Captain Bob Bradbury. He was doing a meeting in Hamilton, Massachusetts. I walked in. 
got radically saved. The Holy Spirit fell on me. And immediately I started traveling with him and he began to share with me the stories of, yeah, how he went to Toronto in 1994 or five, I believe it was, and caught for you in Toronto. And at the end of the days that he caught for you, you laid hands on him and said, uh, yeah, it's time that you now catch the anointing. And Bob goes out, uh, gets started in ministry, sells everything gets started in ministry six months later and starts cold calling churches from a phone book, ends up in a Methodist church, fast forward six years, ends up in Hamilton, this teeny little church, Hamilton, Massachusetts. I'm there. I get radically saved. Like I said, I start traveling with him. And within three months of me getting saved, I ended up going to a conference with him. I believe it was in somewhere in Massachusetts uh, at Bill Johnson's brother's church. Mm -hmm. It was the first conference you had ever done with Bill outside of, I think, your church or his church. Mm -hmm. And Bob was doing the kids. You and Bill were doing the were doing the main the main services. And that was where I heard you say, I want to introduce to you Bill Johnson. You don't know who he is, but you will know him and his anointing will eclipse mine. I was there three months after I was saved when you said that. And uh, and I got and I got invited into this world that's changed my life forever. And I was doing the kids meetings with Bob and the Holy Spirit would fall on the kids and then he would bring them into the meeting and, and they would begin to minister to the adults that were in there. And the first time I met you, I don't know if you know this, but the first time I met you was in that meeting. He walked me up to you and said, Hey, this kid's anointed. I want him to walk around with you one night. And so for a couple of, maybe an hour, I just trailed you. And not knowing that, I think it was probably two years later, I packed up my little Saturn <laughs> and uh, and drove out to Pennsylvania, where I started to travel with you full time as one of your first group of interns. Yeah. Yeah. And it changed my life forever. Which makes you my spiritual son, but you're also my spiritual grandson yeah. because Bob Bradbury was a spiritual son. Yeah. And he was more jealous of doing it the way Randy does than I ever was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, if you said anything negative about me, he was just he was just such a, a loyal and protective person. Yeah, and uh, as I think about Captain Bob, uh, he really did. He walked away from what like several hundred thousand dollar income a year back in the nineties. Yeah, sold everything as you said, but there was a special grace on him for touching kids and teenagers like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever, and as his spiritual son, that same anointing is on your life like nobody else I know. Yeah. For just the Holy Spirit fall on kids and teenagers, and I know that you must have got the faith for it and the anointing for it. Following him, funny thing is he took you to. I know your story too. Yeah, yeah. You know you flunked. <laughs> Spanish twice in high school. <laughs> Spanish one, three times. Three times. Yeah. Spanish one, three times, and then you end up being dropped off in uh, uh, Paraguay mm -hmm. with nobody that can speak English, and he leaves you there. Yeah. And you learn Spanish. You found that you could learn Spanish. Yeah. Did it really well. But you have um, a lot of good people in your spiritual pedigree from which you have spiritual DNA from them, which makes you uniquely you. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't understand why I've been chosen 
uh, to have the experiences and the opportunity. I know that some of it is just being in the right place at the right time. Some of it is just, yeah, I think working hard. Some of it's, <laughs> you didn't see that part of me early on in life. <laughs> that got developed a little bit later. Uh, but some of it's just, uh, I think, the hand of, hand of the Lord. And I don't know why I pinch myself. When I get to think that I got to serve, I have the privilege, and I still do, even though I still do have the privilege of serving two of the greatest revivalists on planet Earth that have ever walked planet Earth and calling them both friend and 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 uh, and father. And that would be you and Heidi and Roland. Bob Bob is in there as well. He's known yeah. for those of you he Bob passed away a few years ago. Yeah. And uh but I get to I don't know anybody else that that has had that opportunity. And the weight, the weight like that I feel and the responsibility that I feel is immense. I wake up scared, you know, making sure that I handle this well. And there's yeah. tons of times I haven't. And you've seen that. You've 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 mentored me through some of my biggest mistakes. <laughs> you have, you really have, right? I worked on your humility. <laughs> Was I full of pride, Randy? Tell me, can I hear some of your some of your side of my? I mean, I've had forty three, I think at least forty three interns that traveled with me for a year, and you and and uh, Jamie Galloway and uh, uh, came from came from Reading, uh, Brandon Brandon yeah. Sunberg mm -hmm. were amongst the first three, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, you guys were with me the very first trip. I took interns with me uh, when I started this new stage because I'd had been Schofield back in Missouri where I lived in St. Louis. Yeah. But anyway, I remember the first night that I took you guys with me is the only time I've ever seen the glory cloud, which had all this color and radiating lights and, and, and people... And you guys just sought yourself and prostrated yourselves, all three of you. And it was just an amazing. As I thought, God, you did that the very first night. I took these young guys yeah. with me. So at the very beginning, you got to have one of the zenith moments of my whole life of yeah. almost 50 years now in ministry. So I think that was a, a, a God thing for, for you guys. But, um, yeah, you, you're the only one, though, that... When you came, a lot of times I'd ask, okay, what are you for? What do you feel like God's wanting you to be? And you were the only one that was sure. And I remember you came, you had a great big black Bible. <laughs> Must have been a 15-pounder or yeah, something. And, and on the bottom, it's got evangelist Will Hart, which that always spoke to me. Here's somebody, even though he's young, he really already knows mm. the call on his life. And I think this that was very important for you and uh, as, a, as a great blessing because those that weren't quite sure, they were at a disadvantage to really be as focused as you were. Um, I know you won't want to have a lot of things, a lot of more important things probably to talk about, but I just want to share one thing. Share one of the first trips we went to New York, up in upstate New York, yeah. And you had been given the global camera, and one of your responsibilities was to take pictures of of uh, me while I'm ministering, and and uh, 
And, and you got this amazing word of knowledge about a guy you saw it in a vision who was, you know, this is like 25 years ago, yeah. but I still remember it. And you saw him as he's exercising, tear the muscles in here. Yeah. And you gave all that by vision, open vision. You mm -hmm. saw he was there and he gets healed. And it was amazing. I said, wow. I just think, man, Will, that's great. <laughs> But I also remember not only how you got that great word of knowledge, I remember when we got back from that trip and look at all the footage of rolls and rolls and rolls of picture. It was maybe 5% of Randy Clark and 95% of Will Hart. <laughs> This is the best. I was uh, seventeen. I was 18. on a roll. I don't know. See, uh, I didn't like. I just liked handing the camera to other. I don't remember this, Randy, but I've I've heard you share this before. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. But you have laid your life down. You've laid your life down in really serious ways, and all of that childish and when you were a boy and a child you thought yeah. like a child yeah. but you've grown into this beautiful spiritual leader man of god full of faith i remember once i saw you in in um, you weren't working with me anymore and you were i think maybe had already gone and working as an intern for heidi at the time not in the capacity now but just like a, an intern for her and i was speaking in india and I, I, I started talking about you and your bravery, your commitment. I remember just weeping because I saw you there. And I do hold you with that kind of love and respect. It's your turn. <laughs> I, I, I tried to psych myself out not to, I can't get emotional on this, but whatever, I don't care. Um, you mentioned a lot of things that are, that are key, key moments in my life. I think the cloud, I don't really talk about it too much because I come under so much attack now, Yeah. but I won't forget it. And I won't those moments and I won't run from those things. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the spirit filled movement, because those things are so taboo and there's so many voices now that come against that sort of thing. Those moments are so pivotal in my life. Uh, the Bob moments, the, the walking with you, you know, when I'm saved three months, the, I'll never forget when you first called me <clears throat> to come travel with you. Those, those key mo moments, getting in the car, driving to Virginia from Pennsylvania, or uh, I think it was Virginia or West Virginia or something where that, where that happened, feeling the tangible presence of God. I have had more encounters in the presence of God because of the platform that, that you gave in that open door. And I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for you. And not just that, but you believed in me when no one else did. I, it's, I, you know, I have no education. I have no, I barely made it through high school. You know, and you, you, you open up these doors for me. And I tell everybody, everybody asks me like, oh, what was it like being with Randy? And I tell them all the amazing stories. The, you know, the first stories are like, you know, what did you see? And all the miracles. I'm so grateful for all those things. All the miracles I saw witnessing thousands and thousands of people get healed but but as i've grown as a father what you gave to me was not just the miracles of the laying on of hands it was a platform and it was i and i think it's the most i think it's the truest mark of humility and apostolic in leadership is is i have this platform 
and I and I'm tr and I trust you to to carry it well and passing that on. And nobody really does that like you. And I've been around now for 20 years mm -hmm. in in full time ministry, and nobody nobody does that. I, I I don't know any ministers that 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 do it like you do. Mm -hmm. Everybody you know they might have programs or two three four years, and but within a week of traveling with you, you would step to the side like a father, arms crossed on the side of the stage, and you and you'd go give words of knowledge and <laughs> and 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 it forced me to begin to step out into things that I had never done before. Yeah. And uh and there's no one else like you uh in that as far as that as that goes. And uh, I'm here, I, and I'm here because of it. Yeah. I, I remember I think it was in the New York meeting, uh rather than the North Carolina meeting, mm -hmm. but in the New York meeting, um you were there and I, I leaned over and I said, Hey uh Will um, I want you to preach next, and I, which gave you just a matter of a few minutes to to get ready to preach in front of this at this conference. Yeah, and uh, I've really never heard you preach. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you're going to preach. You have you're next up. You have a few minutes. I think later you said, "Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I wasn't, you know." And I said, well, I didn't want you to stress out so long. The longer you would yeah. have known, the more you would have stressed. And so this time, this way you had less stress. Always be ready. And uh, you got up and did a did a great job. Really? And, yeah, you did a great job. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what I preached on? You told stories. You're kind yeah. of like your spiritual father. Yeah. So Bob, ne Bob wasn't a preacher. So I never got the preaching thing. Yeah. Uh, at, well, Bob, he was such a, he was such a, bad preacher in the sense he didn't have any training he got he was a fisherman rough tough fisherman and he came out got full of power bob to this day he's one of the only people i know anytime he would ask the holy spirit to come the manifest presence of god would drop into a room but he was still rough i watched bob grab grab a pastor once lift him up by his shirt and pin him to a wall like he was he was fully peter like yeah. like in your face but Bob, he couldn't preach that well. He couldn't even really talk that way. He had a thick accent, and he would he would take um, messages that his pastor would 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 type for him. You know, you know the pastor I'm talking about, I think. And he would, and I would have to tape them in. So my job traveling with Bob was get him ready, and and I would ask him which message he had, maybe five or six that he preached, and uh, I would tape them into his Bible. So he, when he could hold his Bible, it looked like he was reading from the Bible. He was really just, you know, he was really reading the scriptures from from the right. page. And uh, so I didn't learn to preach from Bob, but I did learn how to how to move in the anointing. Yeah. And then from you, I learned how to preach, how to move in the anointing, how to how to how to have a grid for theology, right? I never valued theology. Not at all. Like not an iota. Like I not one bit. And I and I and it, I think even the whole time I was with you, I was like, whatever. You know, the first day we landed, we landed in your house. Do you remember this? We we went up into your study uh -huh. and you gave us a reading list. We were going to be interns with you for a year and you right. gave, a, gave us a reading list. And I'm not, I think it was 42 or 46 yeah, books that least. we had to read in a year. At least in a year. Yeah. And I was like, I barely graduated high school. This isn't what I'm, this isn't what I came here for. And I think I only did four of those books in the whole year, I think. But I, but I was amongst friends. We, I don't, none of us really did any of the reading that year. But now, you know, as as I've grown and as I've 
you know, spent time working with pastors and leaders around the world, I realized, and I think I even emailed this to you recently, like I screwed up my whole time. Yeah, you, you did. I, Not that you screwed up, but you did email me at yeah. comment. <laughs> no, like I... And there's and that's something that you bring not just to what what we have, but you bring to the charismatic movement on a, in a whole. And I think it's something you really value. And I never had a value for that. But but every every day I was with you, all this time that we're traveling, I, I saw that you're like, hey, you have to value this. You have to value theology. You have to value where people are coming at in their you know in their theology and meet them in their theology and not just you know say it's bad, but but see see God in what they're doing and build a bridge to them. Build a bridge. Can come across and experience his presence. Yeah. I'll never, you used to say, you know, use this word to a Baptist, use this word to a Pentecostal use, and it all means the same thing, but you're, you're meeting them in their theology. And I never, I never, uh, I never cared for any of that, but I think it was, I don't know, a few months ago, I, the one regret I have in my time of being with you is that I never took that seriously. And I had, so just to get a time, give people a timeline. I, Got saved in 99. Um, I moved to Paraguay for about two years. So 2000, 2001, I came back from from Paraguay in 2001. And I was home for about six months, maybe eight months. And then I got the phone call from you where I spent the next three years traveling with you, working with you, uh, working with Global Awakening as it was growing, as God was just expanding Global Awakening. Then at the end of those three years, we left to go be with Heidi and Roland for three years, had a couple of kiddos there, got married with, with you in your, I got, Moosey and I got married in your kitchen. Right. I remember. Do you remember that? I do. Oh man, that was a good day. <laughs> I really enjoyed that day. I bet. Uh, <laughs> then three years in, uh, three years in Mozambique, then we came back, did like a year of trying to find our own. And then we spent another eight, the next eight years full-time back at Global Awakening. And at the end of that, came back on with Iris. So I've kind of like hopscotched between two, the both of you guys. Um, Hopefully you got the best out of both. Uh, well, it, I'm not done. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking for a job, Randy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Heidi. Uh, um, but but the, one of my biggest regrets is that three years I, I didn't put a value on theology and learning that from you. And uh, you would always try to engage with me in these deep, discussions and i was like whatever like we got the power like all these you know (laughs) you know like that that's let the power speak for itself and uh the the older i get and the more i'm around a younger generation the more i'm trying to raise up leaders um yeah i wish i i wish i had that piece tell me a little bit about that because you've developed uh seminaries yeah can you talk about that for a little bit because i think there's no one in our movement that values in in the pentecostal charismatic side Mm -hmm. that values that like you do well, before I do that, there's one little thing I want to sure. interject into your storyline there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably already know this. So when you came back from Paraguay and the six months before I call you mm-hmm. to uh, come uh, assist me on one trip, kind of test to see if I can... I remember that. You know, I can stand hanging out with you or not, you know, because some people can be re- really be irritating. I want to just want to make sure that we could get along, and we. I really liked you. Um, but the reason why you got that call was Bob. I didn't know this. Fill me in. Oh, you didn't know? No, not at all. So we're having this meeting at Life Center up, up in this yeah. room, with, and Bob was present with my key inner circle of people who speak into my life. 
And Bob said to me, uh, Randy, I got this young guy. His name is Will Hart, and I've taken him to uh, Paraguay. He's been here for two years. 80% of the people he's laying hands on are getting healed. And I've taught him everything I can teach him. I can't teach anymore. You need to take him under your wing. Really? Yeah. And I said, okay, Bob, I'll give him a call. So it was Bob's recommendation to open that door for you because I really didn't know you. No way. Yeah. So so when I here's just, when I told Bob that you called me, I knew it was going to be hard for him because I was traveling with him full time. He was my he was my dad. He was my spirit, but he wasn't just a spiritual father. He was like, I was. He didn't have any kids, so I was his only kid. And when I told him that I was leaving him, basically, yeah, to be with you, he got very sad, like and yeah. and almost offended. But he's the one who recommended really? I do it. I called. I ended up calling Lance, and. And saying, Lance, because we we were friends and he was Bob's pastor for a little while. I said, Lance, I can't, I don't know what to do. I'm I'm making Bob angry, and but I have this opportunity that I feel like's the Lord. And Lance actually sat me through and taught me. It was my first like Lance session where he taught me how to navigate. He actually gave me a book about how to navigate having difficult conversations with leaders that I still have to this day. And that was the first time that I had a, my spiritual father, like, not come against me, please, like, this isn't mm -hmm. a bad thing, like, we've worked through it, but I, that was my first step in going, I have to make a really difficult decision, and it's going to hurt somebody that I love. All right. But you need to know, sometimes you can mistake anger mm. for grief. Yeah. Or I said it backwards. You can understand, you can misinterpret grief for yeah. anger. Yeah. Bob was working through letting you go, mm. but he knew he needed to let you go because he couldn't take you where you needed to go. So in the heart of a real father, he sacrifices his love of the relationship with you to give you to me because he loves you. Believed in you. Same way. Yeah. When we say, You want to go to Heidi? You need she needs you. Yeah. We bless you. It's hard. Can you talk about that? Well, you are first associate evangelist. First one as I'm looking to begin to slow down as I get begin to get older. To, to know that, all right, we have this strong guy that we've been pouring into for all these years. He's strong. He's He's got his gifts, and he brings something special. And, and you're, you know, like, yes, this, this is so exciting. And then, and it's it's fine. I, Heidi knows it. You know it. I'm fine with it. I, I, I don't begrudge it at all. It's yes, because I know that Heidi needed you even more. Um but it, it, it was like, in a way, remember the uh, Nathan story to David about this one guy only had one sheep and the other yeah. person had a whole bunch of sheep yeah. and they took the one sheep. I felt like, I feel like all right, you're my one sheep and I <laughs> took you. 
and and that, it, no no bitterness or anger or upset. Oh, I'm not. It, but it was just there was a sense of loss. Um, but in the whole thing of the kingdom, when when you're willing to give, not knowing what, what's going to happen, the day you were leaving, three young men mm. came to Harrisburg. I think that day, as you were leaving, they're coming. And those three would all end up being associates of our ministry. And so God honored it, honored it for everybody in every way around. And so, you know, you're always going to be a spiritual son. There's always going to be a connection. And, and, and uh, um, so before I get too emotional, I, I want to go back to the... <laughs> I want to go back to the education side. You, you can, had mentioned. Can, can we can we go back to the education side? But can we just can I? Uh, the, probably, I've made a lot of I've made a lot of hard phone calls in my life, and and the decision to leave. And and I look at it. I do look at it. And this is very easy for me to look at it that way. I, the decision I made to leave was was the most difficult decision. I've ever had to make in ministry. And I there are days that I regret it. Well, there are days that I that I that I ask God did I make the right decision? And I miss that. I miss being around you. I miss being around your family, Josh. You know, Josh was over at my house last night. That's your son. Your oldest son who worked very close like Tanya, like we've done life together. Yeah. We, you know. And I miss that. I really miss it. And yeah, I, I, when I made that phone call to you and I was in, I think I was in Indonesia. Is this okay? Are you okay talking about this? Yeah. Yeah. I was in the, because yeah. I think my perspective is God's going to teach you in these years <laughs> while you're away. You're going to, he's going to teach you a lot. Yeah. That's going to be valuable. And so, yeah. you know, and I've experienced the same thing. I've experienced my, my best and my closest leaving the ones that I, you know, were putting, and I think you might know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. I do. And I curled up in the bed and I didn't leave for two days. I haven't experienced pain like that. And it's not, and I love, and I love them and I. Right. I'm so grateful. And there's other people in this room, like we wept together. I've never felt a loss like that. And that was just on one scale. That wasn't even on the scale probably that you were. That was just like a friendship slash team team member, you know, that I was. But but I don't even know what that what that looks like. I'm so sorry if I ever put well, you I in, a, in a bad place. I mean, I don't need to apologize because I don't feel like that you in, in any way or I uh, went yeah. about it in a, a non-honoring way, being trying to be careful to, you know, to honor and do it a, in a very good way. And I don't want people listening to think, hey, there's a problem. There's no. no, there is no problem, no problem between you and I, no, no. problem between Heidi and I, Roland. We love each other. We're sometimes just saying yes to God is not easy. Yeah. And sometimes when we look at it, and even in the midst of the, the hard times, uh, it, it's, it's a real school of character, of surrender, of learning, and learning things that God knows 
I'm going to put something in you. I'm going to learn out of this experience. It's going to be beneficial to you yeah. down the road so and I, beneficial to maybe to me down the road. So if, if I was to do it differently and mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm serious right now, like if I was to ever do this differently, if we were to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Is there anything or is there anything that I could have done differently? I know I'm not, I'm, I'm I honestly, cause no, I have I, a younger generation that watches yeah. this. That is like, yeah. I don't even know what they're talking about. I have people that have been through uh, maybe pastors that have been through situations with spiritual sons. Like, how can we do this better? How can we do this differently? Okay. Well, I don't mean this facetiously. I mm -hmm. actually do mean it because it's, it's going to sound a little bit funny. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I need to laugh. If I would have known you only read four of those 40 some odd books, I would have really got after you and said, I would have really tried to, Will, you don't understand. You do need to learn. You do need to read yeah. more. You need to, yeah. you know, I really would have tried to um, let you know that this would really help you down the road. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and same way with Jamie and others. If they only read four of them. I, <laughs> I, okay, guys, what a disappointment yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because... Power, anointing, presence is extremely important. But under understanding how to talk about it mm. and defend it biblically and, and and just being able to understand when somebody said they're having a struggle, why they're having that struggle, so that you know how to build a bridge to them. Yeah. You know, right now the most places I'm seeing the greatest hunger and actually being used is amongst the traditional Baptist in Brazil. And it happened about four years ago. We had a meeting in the largest traditional Baptist church, like a Southern Baptist church here, cessationist. And all heaven broke loose. And as a result, before we left, we had calls from several of the largest Baptist churches in the state, in the nation, of Brazil, the largest of several states, and for the last four years, we've been going three or four of them a year, all of them with several thousand members, and they are hungry, and they're yeah. and and they are affecting thousands of other churches between these three churches I'm working with, Baptist denomination. They actually are affecting thousands of other churches throughout all of Latin America, and and just one of them has like a million and a half people in cell groups. Every week throughout the nation, that's that's related to churches they trained in both spirit and structure, wow. power of Holy Spirit, and in how to maintain a structure to give pastoral care and discipleship to them. <clears throat> and then, so that's one group. And the other group of uh, two years ago, for about two years, was a reformed denomination that is uh, cessations, meaning. They did not believe any of the sign gifts, tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, miracles, or healings, those five. Those five didn't exist anymore. Mm. And uh, they came to me while I was in Germany. Paul Martini was with me at the yeah. time and said, we are the president and vice president of a whole denomination of hundreds of reformed, Dutch, Dutch reformed type churches. And we have been cessationists since Reformation. 
Hmm. And we we want to change. Wow. I we we want you to come because you understand our theology. You know how to talk to us. You can build a bridge, and we want you to help transition this whole movement to believe in the gifts of for today. Yeah. So, so we had traditional Baptists, the Reformed, which is the most cessationist of all, and the Roman Catholic Church. And I just did a big meeting for one of the largest meetings in America for the charismatic Catholics by a priest I laid hands on in Orlando, a young guy who was just on fire for God. And then one of the leading scholars in the Catholic Church for the charismatic side, she's the editor of a whole commentary on the New Testament. She wrote commentary on Hebrews and Mark, an amazing woman. She went with me as a part of a big team to Brazil a few years ago. Yeah. In less than two weeks, so she had to leave a few days early, she went from there to a, a, lar- a large gathering of Roman Catholics in Europe. She's one of the speakers. She gets a word of knowledge right before, at the very end of her talk. Now, she knows she has no time to even inspect to see if she's right. So she just gave it and stepped off the stage. And the next speaker up had took time to have to compose himself. Because her word was for him. Wow. And he got healed. Wow. Before he got up there. Wow. And so she, since then, within a year, came back from that trip with us, wrote a book on healing to the, basically, to the, like the American, well, just not the Americans in many other languages now. And in it, it has a chapter on the five-step prayer model. Really? That she had learned uh, from us. And so this young priest I was talking about, uh, Father Thalen, Matthias Thalen, uh, he's really young, has a PhD and teaches in Detroit. He came back, and you know, when I prayed for him, he had no manifestations. Unlike others that just knocked to the right. floor, shook, cried, laughed, all that stuff, none of that. He just got on his knees, held his hand up, and I prayed for him. He and another guy named Patrick, a layman, Spirit of God, neither of them had any manifestations, but immediately both of those guys got an anointing for healing. And this priest now, uh, teaches at the seminary and takes young Catholic seminarians about to be ordained as priests onto the streets of Detroit to lay hands on the sick and do street evangelism wow. and prophecy. And so some friends of mine in my last church in St. Louis, who are my worship leaders, they heard him at, at Bickle at yeah. the One um, one Thing Conference, yeah, one thing. and he had a Catholic track, and this guy uh, was speaking. And they're looking at each other, and they're saying, this sounds like Randy. <laughs> and as he keeps speaking, they said, this is like having a recording of Randy. Because they had, were my best friends for like 16 years in that church. And, and finally, they said, that's even his illustrations. And then Father Math- uh, Thalen said, I just want to give credit to Dr. Randy Clark, who's influenced me so much. He'd been listening to my tapes and stuff. Yeah. So the Catholic Church, so... A few weeks ago, I met with the bishop of a whole diocese of the Catholic Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we're, we're, the soonest we can do it is uh, between Pentecost, between Easter and Pentecost of 2022. Yeah. I'll be 70 years old My gosh. in 2022. Really? Yeah. And he said, I want you to come, and I'll, I will have all of our priests, the whole diocese, I think it's 160-some-odd priests, and I want you to lay hands on them. I'm going to have them read there is more. Yeah. And 
I want you to pray for them. Activation, they need it. And then hopefully they want to have try to get all the catechists, the people who teach the catechism of the faith, to the young ones that's about to be confirmed. I want you to teach them. I want you to lay hands on those guys. Because we had talked, I said, you need to get those guys teaching those young persons that's about to be confirmed to do like Tertullian and others to expect the Spirit of God to come, Yeah, to expect to be filled with the Holy Spirit as they're having hands laid on them. And, and I said, and I need you to expect as you are in an apostolic office. You're a bishop in the Catholic Church. That is apostolic. So you need that power. Yeah. That you, when you lay hands to stir up the gifts in in those persons as being confirmed, that they really do get stirred up. Yeah. That it becomes reality. He says, "Oh, I want that so much." And so he, you know, he writes me. He's telling me, "I'm getting ready to do a confirmation class. I'm going to lay hands on yeah. them. I'm getting ready to send some people out." You know, Will, what's so exciting? And that's what I want others to see. If we quit building and focusing on our differences and see that what we have in common is more important, yeah. our love for Jesus, our dependence on His Holy Spirit, uh, our, our wanting to, the Father to receive glory, uh, that the world may know that and, and see that we love each other and and that there we could be one even as the Son and the Father one. That there could be not so much necessarily, because I don't have enough faith for that yet, a, a total doctrinal agreement, but what I call a, an ecumenism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. When As I'm talking to you, and you may be Presbyterian or Baptist or Catholic or Pentecostal or yeah. holiness or whatever, as we talk, I sense your love for Jesus and the reality of his spirit in your life. And to me, that transcends all the nuances of what we may right. believe about the second coming right. or Calvinist or Arminian right. or, or whatever it may be. The reality is what makes us a Christian isn't our perfect doctrine, but our experience of being born again, his spirit living in us. And some people unlike myself, they can't tell you when they were saved. Bill Johnson can't. Yeah. He just always said yes to God. Right. He said, I can't tell you the day. I remember for me, but I used to think, if you don't, if you don't have that, then I question whether or not you're saved. I've grown up too. You know, I've, I've learned a lot. When I was 18, first started preaching, I thought if you don't have, if you don't have the language, like if someone doesn't know what it means to be born again, then they're not born again. And then I pastored another denomination, and never, that wasn't part of their language. And I met these people. Some of them weren't born again. Right. Some were just big hypocrites. But then there were others that they had a precious relationship with Jesus Christ, but they didn't have my language. Right. But they had the experience. And they, in the sense of the experience I'm talking about, it's not necessarily like I did. I went to a mourner's bench and altar and prayed through. But they had an experience of a real living relationship with Jesus. Mm. They loved him, and they knew him. That was important for me to gain at 20 years old, to realize it's you, 
you can have a reality without talking about it in the same way. So I found if you will love and honor and try to build a bridge uh, rather than being so dogmatic, yeah. that God will give you favor. And not everybody gets to cross over and preach in all these denominations like I've been able yeah. able to. And part of it is part of it is the education, part of it's heart attitude. And you know, uh, I would also say that you're hand chosen, and I, it, can I just I want to say a couple things. This is sure. not it's, it's your podcast. I'm just not to fl- no, no, no. I, I this is not to flatter you, but do you lay in bed at night ever and go? I I will go down in the history <laughs> as one of the most influential voices in Christ in Christianity in the last, I mean, years. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about what Toronto, just Toronto alone, the mm-hmm. impact that that had on reshaping uh, the expression of, of faith, mm-hmm. the Pentecostal expression of mm-hmm. faith, the gifts of the Spirit, like what you're talking about is is massive, but it's only a small percentage of the way that God has used you. I mean, 1994, first of all, you were used in the vineyard in the vineyard movement. Just that alone, people would give their right arm <laughs> to have walked with John Wimber. And and that and just that alone, you you were already a part of that. And then at, at, at great risk and fear, you stepped out in into Toronto and got the word from Richard: test me now, test me now, test me now. God could have chosen anyone. Anyone, and I know that you don't think yourself highly in this matter. None of none of none of us do, but he did choose you, and that's a sovereign mm-hmm. thing. It, of course, the humility. Of course, you were hungry. John, you know, all who are thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Like you were there, you were thirsty. But 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 what Toronto? What happened in Toronto? The the millions of people that have been touched just by that one outpouring. Right. And it is it really is millions. Yeah, they just I'm here. This whole thing is here right now. Be, just Iris Iris Global. Yes, it was the hunger of Heidi and Roland. Yes, it was their humility to go anywhere. But when they when the power of God fell on on her mm-hmm. in 1995, that that sh- that changed everything. And a revival broke out in Mozambique. And then the thousands, the millions that have been touched just as fruit of, of that one. Bill Johnson, I mean, Bill, I've even heard Bill say it. I'm where I'm at because of what God did in Toronto. And so if you just think of the fruit from from the, that that outpouring that ignited something in Bill, that Jesus called by, you know, Jesus culture, Bethel music, the worship now that's playing around, around the, world. the world is yeah. seeded back to to you standing up there in Toronto and inviting the Holy Spirit to come. And God could have done it anyway. We know that. And there, and there are other outpourings that are equally important. And Rodney Howard Brown, mm-hmm. as in, by your own admittance, played a huge role in that mm-hmm. as well. But, but that one, it all goes back to this one point. It, right now, we're about to go to Brazil, right? And, and uh, Dunamis with, with Teofilo Hayashi, mm-hmm. one of the largest movements in all of brazil that carries the word the power the 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 prophetic the prayer in a young younger generation they're on over 400 campuses and it's growing We're, there's going to be i think over 250,000 packed out in the three stadiums across brazil 
he used to run around and translate for you. Like, and he had other spiritual fathers, but just that, just the seeds that you put inside of him, you know, uh, just Brazil alone, nobody was going to Brazil. It, they, they were all divided by their denominations and their apostles. And, and, I, and I traveled around with you in Brazil. I've been to Brazil over 55 times. I've been 114. My God. <laughs> I've been to Brazil over 55 times, mostly with you. Mm-hmm. And, and you just going around from denomination to denomination going, just crying out for unity and a move of the Spirit. Like the way that God hasn't just used you once, and I know a hundred stories of people that were used once, but but time after time after time after time after time after time. Do you ever just lay, like honestly, do you ever lay down and just go, wow, this is amazing? Like for me, I go, I've done a couple of Darren Wilson's movies. That's about it. You know, like do you ever lay down and just go, I, I can't believe at, at how rich God, richly God has used me? It's amazing. Christianity yeah, on the planet I, has been shaped. Comple- it, it, we are we are living in a whole different season because of the way that God's used your life. I know. I I what I do think about is what I've got to see, and what I've got to see. What I'm, I mean by that, what I've got to see God do, signs and wonders, the affecting of the of the church with the big C. Uh, that what I've got to see, what I've got to hear, the testimonies, and what I've got to experience. Yeah, it, That's one of the things I'm always, in the evenings and going to sleep, it's one of the things I'm thanking God because I am aware that I've been very um, fortunate. Uh, there is, like you say, there is a sovereignty of God, a call, that when Wimber first met me, God already knew what he was going to do, and John Wimber heard God's voice first two times he met audibly, mm. which was a rare thing for Wimber, yeah. which I've never heard. And he said, when I was older, one day, God was going to send me around the world to pray for pastors and leaders. And I've been trying to be faithful to that, mm. and it's uh, many, many years later. It's about 35 years after that experience. Still trying to be faithful, trying to navigate as I grow older how to continue to be faithful. I, I keep thinking of the prayer. If you'll touch me one more, t- I prayed. If you'll touch me one more time, right before I went to see Rodney uh, Howard Brown. If you'll touch me one more time, I'll go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything. And how to, you know, what does that mean, God? Now that thirty-five years or twenty-five. 26 years later, you know, there's a different stage of life, different family needs, you know, different, you know. I, I, I think about that. I, I, I try to try and hear from God. Uh, but I also feel that, and making this transition, I also feel that <laughs> In the midst of all of these things, it's not, it's not done. Mm. And one of the most important things is my uh, board asked me about, I don't know now, six, seven years ago, you're doing a lot of things. And Global really does do a lot a of lot. different things, uh, Global Awakening. And, and I, I, they said, we, we want to keep you focused. And that probably is something I need help with is focus. But 
They said, what's the most important thing that you're supposed to be doing? And I, I, well, I didn't even have to think about it. It just, it just came right out of my mouth. The most important thing I can do with the rest of my life is invest it into other sons and daughters, mm -hmm. multiply myself in sons and daughters. And, and in doing that, I, I literally and seriously uh, and very intentionally um, this, this last two years, and I just don't want to go forward, I'm looking for people not to, not to find to fit a position, but people that I feel they've got the right heart, that I can become, a, a, for a while, a spiritual mentor or father to them, mm. to sow into them, to find the to find the ones who will go and carry fire and stand on the platforms and preach to the stadiums and the ones who will do that. But also the ones who will have the wisdom to know how to run behind the scenes. Oh, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a side of ministry most people don't understand yeah. Yeah. That, if, that if it doesn't work back at the offices, mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult for what goes on for those that's out there. But also to find um, the people who will be the next round of teachers, professors at our colleges, seminaries, our training institute, all the different things that we have, because I do feel one of the threats uh, to revival is bad theology, including cessationism, mm. which is, in my opinion, not biblical. And lots of people are influenced in our culture. I was telling, somebody, I was telling my son on the way here, I said, one of the things that bothers me is just how much America still, the, it is the last bastion of cessationist mm. theology is in the United States, that you don't see it that strong. It's falling apart all over the world. In England, they said, amongst the Anglicans, we don't have any cessationists anymore. That's a dead issue. We don't even have it. All of our pastors, none of them believe in cessation. Now, we do have some liberal ones still. That's, an, that's another theological issue. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but just for a younger generation that's watching this that doesn't know what cessationism is, it's just the gifts ceased with the apostles. That's the belief. Yeah, five sign gifts. It's, it's not a biblical term, but yeah. tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, miracles, and prophecy. Correct. Or prophecy is reinterpreted as preaching. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to cut yeah, you off, yeah. but, you know, I, I know there's, so, there's young so there's, ones that watch this. So there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and, and, and the other thing, I'm looking for right now, very intentionally, finding younger 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s pastors who have the potential to become very successful pastors in the sense of growing strong churches, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, not afraid of the manifestations of God's presence, but will also be sowing into missions, mm. planting churches, and, and developing ministries to the poor that can become, uh, for, the, for the first time now in our network, we're beginning to get churches of four or five hundred 800, 900, 1,000, uh, and, and, and looking for the ones who also can be 
the ones who can become coaches and work with our other pastors if they they needed someone to help them coach them. So I'm looking at a holistic way at, at, the, at the movement so that we have those who will raise up and be good teachers who can spot heresy, yeah. uh, who can who can spot, because it's just not weird teachings in the charismatic movement that concern me. It's right. weird teachings in the evangelical movement right. uh, and in Pentecostalism even, where particularly with universalism and how it's growing in yeah. this generation. Can you I, talk about that for a second? Because, the, and I don't, I'm not trying to cut you off. I really am not, but fine. this is something that I wanted to get to anyway. There's there's a generation that's watching, right? Mm-hmm. There's a generation that has no idea what the Toronto revival was, right? That was 20 years ago. 20, 26, yes. 27, 28, yes. I don't know. 94. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, it was, I've been in ministry, yeah, 20 years now. And for me, I just take it for granted. But, but there's a whole generation that just has been born into the move of the Spirit that has continued to grow. And there's also a lot of real garbage theology that's come out of this pressing into the presence, not going deep in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing so, you know, hell doesn't exist. I'm hearing, mm-hmm. you know, there's that huge rise in, in a lot of really, yes, or to ever, say the least, sketchy theology. Yeah, yeah everybody's going to go to heaven. No, right. no one will have what Jesus says, soul the sinners that shall die. Right. No one's going to have the... Uh, thrown to the lake of fire with second death. They just don't believe that. Yeah. Everybody is going to uh, have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's popular because it fits in our culture. And what we struggle with is for the first time in our secular society, we, we had a values clarification that was based upon relativism and there are no absolutes. And so one of the worst things is you're a bigot if you disagree with anybody mm. and if you think you're the, your way is the right way. And, but Christian faith, that's exactly what it does believe, that Jesus <laughs> is the way and there is right. no other way. Right. And, but, 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 but the culture set up to be open to more toward a, a universalism. Everybody mm-hmm. gets to go. Yeah. And eventually everybody will be there. And... Uh, uh, and for the first time in history, in the charismatic movement, that now is being taught amongst some charismatic teachers, yeah. and it's being taught, and it's only started in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. So it's something new. The whole thing for the church and for the Catholic church which begin to come into it, though it's never been accepted as the truth, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some that's hopefully Mm-hmm. We'll call it hopeful universalist. Hopefully, everybody can make it, uh, and and that only started since this, you know, introduced in the '60s, but really in the '70s, yeah. uh, came stronger. Pentecostalism with, with uh, Carlton, was it Pearson? Uh, he was a Pentecostal. Uh, he began to be a universalist. Rob Bell, evangelicals, they got some of there. Uh, so one of the, in my course at the seminary, I have a course called Christian Eschatology. Yeah, the, it's eight weeks long. First four weeks is traditional study of last things, which is what eschatology means—the study of the yeah. last things. And so the first four weeks, and it's it's like this would be a sixteen weeks put into eight. So you don't take two courses; you right. just take the one because <laughs> there is a lot of reading. First four weeks is traditional eschatology. 
you know, what's going to happen, right? Millennium, rapture, that kind of stuff. What do what do you win? You know, pre post uh, whatever, just traditional. And the last four weeks is on personal eschatology, where it focuses on for four weeks we study what happens to you from the time you die till after the last judgment. Wow. What are the different views? We 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 have a two volume thirteen hundred page um, book on uh, called the redemption of the devil, which the guy does not believe in the redemption of the devil, but that's part of universalism. Even the devil gets redeemed. Yeah, and. Uh, it's the most thorough book I've ever read. Now, I read it, and I put it into 200, a slide presentation, 200 slides to reduce. They don't have to read 1,300 pages and right. get to the essence of it. Right. But so, you know, we look at the traditional view. We look at the conditional immortality view, and then we look at the universalist view. And I, I, I think it's – I did it on purpose because I felt like this generation is not grounded well. No. And this is the best I have been able to find. My friend who teaches at St. Louis University, Dr. Michael McClyman, who's been to Mozambique, by the way. Really? I've, I, I saw him weeping in the dirt <laughs> in Mozambique. Yeah. And he did a two-hour interview with me and stuff. But I've seen him in many places. He is Pentecostal. It's a yeah. Catholic seminary, but he's a uh, divinity school, but he's Pentecostal. And he's one of the greatest you know, scholars of our time for... Uh, I mean, he's just a real brilliant guy, yeah. and it's a wonderful work. But it need it's nece- it's needed in it our day. Yeah. So I felt like we need a theology upon which the gifts of the Spirit solidly sit, not just like here's traditional theology, Reformed theology, mm-hmm. and tacked onto it as the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. More than that, we need to to. to have a radical looking look like look at the roots, and developing a theology that just much more let the Bible say what yeah. it is, because it's so strong. Right. If you just take the glasses off to see how strong the emphasis is on the the, the fulfilling the gospel is done through His power that accompanies the preaching, but the sign gifts are the gifts were never meant to prove the doctrine. Mm, right. The, these gifts were given to be an expression of the gospel itself. You can't have the full gospel where there is no power. Come on. Period. It's just it. the gospel as far as getting to heaven can be heard, but the gospel of the kingdom is not any time that it's presented, but there's no presence, power, and the, and the gifts of his Holy Spirit we're falling short of New Testament um, understanding of the kingdom. So, gospel of the kingdom. All of you guys that are listening, uh, you're getting a summary of how many years you've been in ministry? 49 and a third. 49 years. How many nations? I think 54, but a lot of them I've been to yeah. 50, 20 <laughs> times, 50 times, 100 times. 54 nations, almost 40 years in full time ministry. <clears throat> Three doctorates. Three doctorates. A master's, and my bachelor's was in religious studies. And you're an amazing father. You're an amazing husband. I've seen that. I've been in your house. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the things I'm most proud of is all four of my kids love me and my wife. Yeah, they do. And they love God. Yeah. And they're good people. Yeah. They got good hearts. Mm-hmm. And 
if you win the world, lose your own family. Yeah. You've not been successful. Now, I want to give God the credit for that. I've cried many a night in hotels, lonely. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're Feeling talking about. like I'm going to lose my kids because I'm gone so much and praying, God, just you touch them. One touch from you can make up for, yeah. you know, it's the supernatural touch of God can really, but I'm just very grateful. And to my wife, to Deanne, because she, she, she basically, half of my life, their yeah. life, she raised them like a single mother because I was gone half the time at least. But also there's the grace of God mm. that God has been faithful. I, I would pray, God, I'm giving my life to serve your son. And all I ask is that you'll take care of my kids. Wow. Well, uh, I, I, there isn't much more to say. Um, if you can just listen to the last 20 minutes uh, and just glean that from this podcast, I think you would be you would be listening to many, many, many years of wisdom and a culmination of a worldwide perspective in the advancing the gospel. And I agree with everything that you have said. I have, I've actually had to disas not disassociate, but people that I've been so aligned with for years that have gone off. I've had to, I've had to say, we're going to just disagree on this. And, and, uh, Randy, uh, we, we've gone over time, which is fine for me. There is no time limit on this. I could sit here with you for days and just share stories. <laughs> and I pray we get to do it another time yeah. and just share stories. I, um, I am so grateful for you and your family and your, I even named my first son after Josh who's sitting there in the corner. And then like the, the, where I'm at in life is, is, is by a few people, the the probably the greatest is is the influence that you've had on my life, the platforms that you have given me. I I'm I am here because of that, and I never deserved any of it. But what you saw in me and my wife, um, and and the opportunities that you gave us with with joy, at cost of your own ministry, at cost of your own time from your from your own family. Yeah, I am forever grateful for it. Can I end this with a story? You can do whatever you want. You can end it with a story. Before you do, is there anything you want to share with the viewers? Any way that they can connect with you? Anything? Any books or well, like whatever? Yeah, but I'll, uh, I will. Yeah, I will concede okay. the end of the podcast okay. to, to you. Well, several things. One, if you want to get in touch with us, know more about us. Um, our website is globalawakening.com, where we have our own bookstore. Of course, our books are also available. You can get them on Kindle or all other bookstores or through Amazon, but. It's, it's more of a blessing to us if you buy them through our bookstore. Um, the, the other thing is we have the training, lots of training for especially healing, deliverance, inner healing. It's called the Christian uh, Healing Certification Program. We also have another certification program on prophecy. Uh, we have training school, one or two years, third-year internship. Um, but we also have the Global Awakening Theological Seminary, and that's a, th a two-year master or a three-year master of divinity. And then if you already have a, a master's, we have the Randy Clark Scholars, which is at a United Methodist Seminary, where we've had around 100 people either in the program or gone through and received their doctor's degree. 
Um, we have about 100 students in our seminary. It's totally online. It's, we want it to be uh, affordable. It's about a third of what most seminaries charge, half to a third. Uh, we got great teachers. It's an amazing, I, it is, I'm very, very excited about it. I love teaching at it myself. I write some of the uh, programs and all. So th that's some ways uh, of getting in touch with us. Plus we go all over the world. We have about, I think 14 trips this year. We have regional conferences where we teach for three to four days at a time on different things. You can get all that information at uh, globalawakening.com. And then, uh, I'm trying to think of the story I wanted to tell. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh, change uh, it. Uh, 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 about you. Uh, I have a ton of great stories about you, but I don't know if I can share them here on this podcast. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a can't think of it now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Listen, when you remember it, come back. We'll, yeah. sh we'll share it another time. I, I love you so much, Randy. I'm so grateful that you can come Thank in you. and hang out with hang out with us. Oh, I know it. I Go love you it. too. Here it is. I thought of it. it. Came back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I'm ready for it, Randy. Okay. <laughs> I would say one of the signs that I am a good spiritual father. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would be, and I was afraid of it. I ran from it until God really, through Heidi, spoke to me about it. But that you would have the courage and the freedom and a sense of security that it won't affect my love for you, that you would joyously come up to me and say, and to Tom and say, I just want you guys to know that what I taught this week, I sold more tape than you did. I sold more than you did. You have to be really secure. And you know in your father's love that that won't offend me and it's not going to in any way put you in a bad place. And I actually can truly celebrate it well. That was a really joyous day. Thank you. I am not being facetious. I do want you and all of my spiritual kids to be more. Come on. To sell more. I love you, Randy. No, I love you so much. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Love Thank you. Too. Love you. Okay. If you live longer, you're gonna get wiser. I'm I'm trying to live longer. I'm trying to work on my heart. This this <laughs> voluptuous Rubenesque body of mine. Um, anyway, guys, uh, yeah. Thank you for watching. Uh, this has been the greatest podcast I have ever done, and uh, you guys got to be a part of it. Uh, like, like, click, subscribe, share, do all the things that a younger generation tells you do on their videos that I don't really know what those things are. Uh, pray for our plants. <laughs> pray for Randy. And uh, listen, we do this for free because we love you guys and, and Iris Global loves you. And we, we want to see you grow in the Lord and grow in your faith. And I hope that this podcast is a part of that. So share it, give it out, and we will see you on the next uh, Iris Global Green Room. Love you guys. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Will. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>